series, Histology Abroad, NSHS chats with members from around the world in countries right next door and those halfway across the globe. We ask them how they got into histology, the challenges and opportunities they see, and how COVID-19 has impacted them. While there are many differences, the commonalities will surprise you. In this episode, I talked to R. Filson, who is currently working in Qatar, but has previously also worked in the Philippines. Okay, uh, first of all, um, my name is Arfilson Mars Pancho. I've been here in Qatar for already 15 years now. I am currently working as a senior laboratory technologist at Hama General Hospital, which is the main provider of secondary and tertiary healthcare here in Qatar and one of the leading hospital providers in the Middle East. Great. So how did you personally get into the field of histology? Actually, I first started in, it's just like going back uh, in the field of histology, when a friend of mine invited me to go for training because they are in need of a histologist back then. I was currently working as an EMT in the ambulance service when he told me that maybe I should try to come back to where I first began because I was originally as a medical technologist. So uh, that's it. That was um, about 10 years ago. So what is the route or process for someone in your country to become a histologist normally? Are they required to go through a training or is there an on-the-job training option? As I've told, Told a while ago, I was a uh, medical technologist first, and since I'm an expatriate here in Qatar, I can talk about the what's happening in our country, in the Philippines, and here in Qatar. Uh, here in Qatar, there is a qualifying examination, which is under the QCHP, the, Con- the Qatar Council for Healthcare Practitioners, wherein uh, you have to pass it and then you will be able to practice across the field of laboratory medicine. In the Philippines, uh, you need to be a graduate of BS in medical technology course in an accredited educational institution in the Philippines and then pass a registration licensure examination. So basically they're the same except for the bodies that are governing the uh, licensure examination. Okay, so you do have to uh, pass the exam to become certified after you complete your training. Yes. And then we can uh, go to the different fields and then have the on-the-job training, which is what happened uh, to me when I went to hist- uh, histopathology laboratory. Okay, so the certification is the general um, laboratory technologist, and then once you get into a histology lab, they would train you more specifically in histology. Yes, uh, we'll be going first for three months of uh, training and orientation. Then after three months, then we will be allowed to handle uh, patient samples, and then you'll be having your... um, uh, annual uh, competency. Okay, so that was gonna that kind of relates to my next question. I was gonna ask if you're required to complete continuing education to maintain that certification over the course of your career. 
Yes, uh, here in Qatar, uh, it's required for us to maintain our license of practice. We need to have at least uh, 80 hours of continuing education that will be good for two years. So that's it's more than quite... the United States. They have to do 36 hours in three years. Yes, that's why um, uh, being a member of uh, other organizations does really help a lot in getting those uh, continuing education requirements. Mm -hmm. So in Qatar, they will accept the United States continuing education as part of your continuing education to maintain the, the Qatar certification? Yes, uh, uh, they do. That's why uh, it's like hitting two birds with one stone. Um, me being a member of the ASCP and then NSH, I will be accredited. The units that I'm taking will be accredited uh, for both licenses that I have, the one here in Qatar and the, the one that I have in the Philippines. Okay, so are you currently in Qatar or in the Philippines? Yes, currently I'm here in Qatar, but I still need to maintain my uh, Philippine license so that uh, okay. for whatever happens. Right, in case you decide to move back there, sure. So who sets the safety standards? Are there regular lab inspections? Like we have CAP and CLIA here in the United States. Who sets those standards for labs in Qatar? Yeah, since our laboratory is a whole hospital itself, is uh, we are uh, accredited by both the CAP and the JCI. Those are the standards that uh, we are following. Okay, right. So very similar, actually, then to the United States. You follow the same body. That's great. So do you have any local groups? I know you said that you're a member of NSH and the ASCP. Are there any local groups within Qatar that provide histology-specific resources? Yes, uh, sadly to say at the moment, we don't have any group that provides histology-specific resources. Hence, that's the reason why I joined the NSH, to have more than what the ASCP is providing. Yeah, I know that the Philippines, though, they recently started their own society. I think that was a few years ago. Um, they started the PSH, Philippine Society for Astrology. Yes, uh, I, I think so. But uh, since it's been a while that I've been in the Philippines, um, I'm more active here in Qatar. So I want to talk a little bit about, you mentioned that there was a shortage of histologists when you got into the field. Is that still something that you see today? It's a good thing right now that uh, there are no more uh, shortages that uh, has happened at, like before. And we have now been producing, uh, Qatar University has been producing now a lot of graduates. So at the moment, we don't have any shortages. So we just need to have enough time to give training because, you know, training to become a histologist, it really, it really needs some specialized training because not everybody is quite familiar in, okay. in our field. So there's enough programs that, that do that kind of training? No, actually, this is being done in-house. Uh, we're following protocols that has been set by CAP. So it's, it's good. It's a good practice. Uh, we've been developing the training program, and that yields to pretty much a good batch of uh, new employees. Yes, that is, that is good, that you can train them in-house, and you can train them the way that you want them to work. So are you finding that labs in Qatar are becoming increasingly automated like they are in the United States? Yes, uh, actually in our lab, uh, the most recent one that uh, we had is the automatic embedder. 
So our lab is slowly uh, becoming more automated. We start with, with our auto section. So automatic mic, uh, microtomy, it's becoming a little bit easier, unlike before. And then, as I've said, uh, automatic embedder, it really helps a lot. Okay. And how has this changed the training that you give to employees? Are they getting more technical training on the equipment now than perhaps they would have in the past where it's more focused on the manual technique? We've noticed that because of this automation, what's happening is that skills are easily acquired because of the automation. The problem would be when we do, when the machine bogs down, then you really need to go back and make sure that you have a good foundation for those basic skills that we have established. So at the moment, we're still starting. So our basic foundation is being set and it's quite good. You have companies that will come in and train you when you get the equipment, though. Yes, when the new equipment come, the suppliers will be there to train us and then show us on how to do it and then present us a video and we'll have a certificate of completion after we've done everything. But it's totally up to us on how to further improve our skills on those machines Mm -hmm. because the most important thing that I think that is being overlooked is about the troubleshooting. Right. And we can't rely always on the engineers because it takes time. Right. You need to know how to how to fix it when it breaks. Yes. Hopefully. But uh, since we have a biomedical engineering, we have to wait for them or for it to be fixed or any problems that we may encounter. So how has COVID-19 impacted histology in your country? Well, in the laboratory, uh, what happened was that for each specimen containers that we are receiving, we had to fully disinfect those containers. And when you're receiving hundreds of containers, that can take a while. At the same time, uh, we have to also consider the grossing of those specimens. You cannot just immediately gross specimens when they come into the lab, unlike before. So basically, that's it. Um, When we're having frozen section, you have to make sure that you have checked the details first, that the patient is COVID negative before you can proceed because there might be instances wherein the nursing unit may have forgotten to write down that this sample is uh, COVID positive. So we have to ensure our due diligence and make sure that we keep ourselves safe. Did your lab shut down at all in the beginning? I know in the United States, we had shut down elective surgeries for a little while and some of the histotechs were furloughed or reduced work for a period of time. Currently, no, that has never happened uh, in our laboratory because since we are the main provider of uh, histology, we cannot really shut down. Though we're not operating 24 hours, uh, we do need to make some adjustments to be able to uh, meet the needs of the hospital. So we never had that issue. That's good. At least you weren't out of work. Yep. Actually, it became a lot of work, especially now. So it's quite hard, but anything for the patient, right? 
Best service yes. always. Yes. So what other challenges do you see in the future for histology? The, the challenges that I'm actually seeing right now, it's just like it's a double-edged sword And what I see. It's the automation. As we go on full automation, then there will be lesser need for technical staff. Like before we're in, you, you will be needing a lot of staff to do specific part of the work. But with the advent of this automation, that's the main challenge that I can think of at the moment. Yeah, for sure. There's going to be less of that manual work. But so on the other edge, I've also heard people who do see that as a challenge and then others who have said that will free up Histotext to get deeper into next-gen sequencing and molecular diagnostics and expand the field in other ways, hopefully. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's actually it's already started. Unlike before, we know that uh, histology and cytology and immunohistochemistry are all together. But with this advent, we're starting to become more specialized. So this one big division is now becoming chopped into three different parts. So we have now a specific specialization in cytology, then immunohistochemistry, and then histopathology. That's what I'm seeing here in our, in our place. All right. That's all the questions that I had for you. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? I'm thankful for this opportunity, Natalie. So yeah, thank this you is for being here. First time that uh, I've experienced this, so <laughs> it's quite nice. Uh, I really would like to thank Miss Gail Callis because she's one of the reasons why I was encouraged to join the NSH because uh, I had a problem and then I posted in the the blog our forum. And she really helped me out. Oh, that's great. Yeah, she's the editor of our journal of histotechnology. So she's really involved in NSH and helping out with troubleshooting issues. That's very nice of her. And I, it, it really helps out, especially to encourage to have new members so that we can focus more on how to solve our problems that usually the other people, uh, other departments don't see. We really need to, to make them care how really important histology is. Sometimes they're forgetting about the people behind. Yeah, people behind the scenes. Yep, that's definitely one of NSH's goals. Try to get more recognition for histologists. Yes. And hopefully by having more members, we can become more stronger. And hopefully uh, us international members can bring something to the table. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for being here and telling us about Qatar. Thanks, Adelie.